Simplifying finance would be an understatement. Right now, there are very few people who have understood the importance of softwares that can simplify financial plannings. To talk about this topic, I have a very interesting guest with me who strongly believes that in order to succeed in any field, one needs to evolve themselves. One needs to evolve their mindset, their skill sets, and most importantly, their perceptions towards different things. Please welcome the founder of Wolf, Mr. Michael Zimmel, and welcome to the Bondspot Show. Hi, Michael. Thank you so much for joining me for the podcast. How are you? Hey, hey, Arunjay. Good to speak to you. Thank you for having me on this. Oh, it's, it's my a great honor. <laughs> it's it's my pleasure to call you upon the question uh, to call you upon the podcast. So. Um, the reason, one of the reasons why I said that I wanted to call you on the podcast is that the first time when we had a conversation, you were, you were talking about finance and a lot about financial management. And as a student myself and a person also who's a bit illiterate in the financial field, <laughs> I would like to ask you that what got you started with it? What made you interested in financial management? Because right now what I see among a lot of young audience, they feel a bit skeptical with it. And sometimes they also feel intimidated by it. So what made you get started with it? Um, I think it's a combination of exactly that, the <laughs> intimidation that finance has on a lot of people. Mm. So I saw that as an enemy to fight against yeah, and see whether that can be, uh, whether that can be done. Mm -hmm. And it was really also people in the end. So my first job at the UI, I got through... Um, uh, through friends that started at UI as well. And uh, they really said, come join us, it's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. we actually enjoy it. Um, then I met some managers and partners of the office and I thought, you know what, I think that's a very good, good place to start for me. Um, I didn't focus on that in, in school. So I really picked up accounting and finance and on the way, uh, learning by doing more or less, but um, it looks scary first. If you get into it, but in reality, in reality, it isn't. You have to relax about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So was it like the early education part that really helped you in like developing this eye towards financial management? Or was it like uh, once you started working for, for the industries like EY, uh, your perception changed towards it? it? It changes. Yeah. So the more you get into the numbers, the more you start... Uh, seeing that the numbers actually always tell a story yeah and you start seeing behind it so mm -hmm. if you just look at numbers in terms of accounting and debits and credits you will never enjoy it you'll never like understand the big picture behind it yeah? mm -hmm. but when you realize where all of that leads to and if you just really see numbers at the, of the as a language of business mm -hmm. in that sense uh then you actually see that can be quite uh, quite colorful yeah I mean, you don't want to be sitting there all day just staring at numbers, but you have yeah. to make the connection between mm -hmm. the numbers and the, let's say, the real life out there. Right. And after you started your career at EY, you became a partner at a corporate financial boutique that is called Blatchian and Partners. And then you worked as a CFO for a major online gaming company. And now, of course, you're the founder of Wolf a financial collaboration tool used for tracking expenses for corporations and individuals. So this broad range of experience from, let's say, working as an, uh, at a nine-to-five job and then going towards and starting up your own company, it's a huge mind, it's a huge change in your mindset. So how did you come about it? 
like for instance what i think uh, for a lot of entrepreneurs as well like if the person changes the career path for themselves from working as a 9 to 5 job and then moving and starting up your own company it's not going to be easy so how was that mindset transition like for you when the day you said that okay i'm going to start up my own company what was it like uh i think uh, to start with the jobs i had were never really 9 to 5 Mm. Uh, so it was never the point where you go to the office and then you come back and you stop thinking about it. Right. Uh, oh. But maybe that was also because I was always interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always kept thinking about oh, what I do and what you can do better, what you can improve. Um, and I think that kind of entrepreneurial mindset has kind of always been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during my career, I've seen uh, so many companies. I've spoken to so many. business leaders to to managers i've seen many different business models and stories how young companies grew how old established companies have transformed over, over the time and but during that period you just get ideas mm. right you get a lot of ideas you could do this you could do that but in the end really ideas are cheap it's not the idea in the end it's all in in the execution so you will have a lot of people that see a business and you think okay i had that idea three years back i could have done that yes you could have but you actually you you didn't, you didn't. Mm. but for everything to come together it's not just a decision now i want to run my own company it's not not like one morning you wake up say okay i want to run my own company no it's just a lot of things coming together it's the right timing of people an idea of the market the personal situation around you the personal situation of your your co-founders all these things have to have to come together mm-hmm. um but and if you have that mindset that you would consider at some point starting your, your own company uh then you may see more opportunities over time and maybe one of those opportunities seem to be your right time right. then whether it is the right time whether it is the right idea actually you still don't know mm-hmm. uh, but you feel safe that you would take the plunge and, and try it okay uh, tell me about the day um or the moment where it clicked that you'll start your own company the the day when that happened the idea when it came to your mind tell me about that 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 i guess i i won't say it one instance but i would say a number of instances that happened with you that led to you creating a, your own company Uh, that's that's a difficult question because it's not that one moment yeah i mean i think it's gradual it's it's a gradual development uh, uh, you know you start playing around with ideas um uh, one of my key skills that i've developed over time as well is financial modeling mm. so i've modeled a lot of business cases for for other people i've then on the side you play around modeling business cases for potential businesses that you may want to start up yeah or business case of a company that you might want to buy with some leverage mm. um and then gradually suddenly there is this point for me it was the uh, the combination of payments and optimizing accounting workflows where i thought you know what i know about all these areas uh, this is something i'm interested in then i come across people that say oh this is great i'm interested in the same thing right. and they bring something different to the table mm-hmm. um and at that point we just sit together say come on let's 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 try it 
Just do it. And uh, also tell me, how, what, what is the significance behind naming your company Wolf? What exactly does that mean? Because I was pretty curious and I really liked the website as well. And I, and I also wanted to ask, what exactly does Wolf mean and what was the concept behind it? Uh, well, Wolf, the name should, uh, you should connect that, or we hope people connect it to an evolution. Okay. So uh, basically, we, we don't see ourselves as, uh, as disruptors in the market, but we see ourselves as of evolving mm. uh, how accounting workflows right. can be done better. And also, at the same time, we see ourselves as an evolving company. As mm. I said, there wasn't one day where we all woke up, said, guys, let's get together. Let's start a company. No, but that idea evolved over time. Mm. Yeah? And then the idea had been re refined over time. And now also speaking to clients, uh, I already see how we want to amend the roadmap going for further. And like this, we said, actually, this is a very good, um, very good name to make mm. that part of our name. This whole evolvement that we evolve, our customers evolve. Right. And there we go. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, actually when you scramble around the words, it's a, uh, you find the word love in it as well, which is always positive, right? Oh, well, <laughs> I didn't, wow, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, I, now, when you're saying Wolf, there's an interesting thing that I, if I'm not wrong, I, I read it on your website, uh, where it was talking about financial transformation. And again, this is something that you are very passionate about. And I'd say that's in, almost you're an author as well, because you've been writing a lot of articles about financial transformations as well. And in one of the articles you mentioned the, by saying, and I quote, by evolving your technology evolve, and evolving your people and evolving your process, one can kick out chaos. So do you see that now people are able to understand the importance of changes in the financial and let's say the accounting department? Do you see now people are becoming more literate in these manners? Like, uh, they are not doing those, um, I'd say the heavy lifting or the desk work that was required, let's say 20, uh, let's say 20 to 30 years back. You see now people are evolving or you see that it's still an ongoing process. It's, it's still not there yet. Um, I think it's an ongoing process. Um, uh, in my opinion, uh, that is what people actually want. You don't want to sit in the finance or accounting department. You don't want to do repetitive, annoying tasks day in, day out, right? You want to add value to the business as well. Uh, but I think that two big, two big problems in this. One is you don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. um, and often people are worried about what's going to happen to my, my job. Right. Because I have been so busy with reconciling uh, accounts. I've been so busy with data entry. I've been so busy with checking data that if I now find tools that take that away from me, so what's going to happen, what's going to happen to me. So I think there's this uh, bit of an unease about it. Mm -hmm. and, but what I tell everyone uh, also in the companies I've worked for, it's exactly the opposite. Yeah. You find the tools now that there are all these tools and that helps you to focus more on value added tasks. And in mm -hmm. reality, your job will be more secure than ever. Right. In the past, before there were computers, um, all the accounting was done on paper. Uh, yeah. I guess most of the accountants thought, what's going to happen to me when I do this in the computer? Well, people actually still need me. 
Yes, of course, but you do something better than just writing debits and credits on paper. Yeah. Same thing now, you're moving away from uh, repetitive tasks and do things for the business. Mm. And then also I believe that the role of finance in, in this respect continues to grow yeah, and the importance in the, in the business continues to grow because uh, we're moving away from just counting beans to actually mm. being a proper business partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope Wolf can make a little bit of a contribution to that uh for people to get started yeah mm. i mean that's a very small part of the finance processes we're looking at really at the moment yeah right but it's one that you can kick off very quickly and where you see that digitalization and finance actually is good for me and for everyone else in the company as well right and then how do you see artificial intelligence in the market because uh with you as well, when we spoke earlier, you were talking about how artificial intelligence and changes in, in softwares and computers and all that has contributed in, um, I'd say, evolving people towards finance. And But at the same time, what I feel is that since you have a startup, do you see artificial intelligence as a threat for your company or do you see it as a tool for your company? Because now, because of AI, there are some markets which have a higher barrier to enter now. So how do you see artificial intelligence as in terms of evolving uh, people? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's a huge opportunity. I mean, the word uh, artificial intelligence is a very broad term. Yeah. Uh, some, some people say it's nothing else than uh, glorified if statements and a nicer word for uh, statistic and regression analysis. But there's definitely much more towards uh, neural networks and uh, what you would really consider more of a science fiction AI. Um, So it's a very broad range, but here again, same as with uh, more simple digitalization, it can take a lot of tasks off of people. At the moment, most of the AI applications still focus on a lot of uh, repetitive tasks. But then when you see at the first applications, in uh, elements of forecasting, predictions, uh, predictive and prescriptive analysis, analytics that can be done, um, mm-hmm. definitely over the next year, we will see a lot. Um, you don't have to, if you're a startup, you don't have to always build all the AI from scratch. Um, I think the technological part isn't that big of an issue anymore. Now there should be more focus on the usability of it. Right. Yeah. Also of uh, the, the, the UI, how do I interact with the artificial intelligence tools? And there I, I, I see still a lot of uh, things to do. So you, you see it as a, as a tool for any startup who's coming in any industry. AI is a tool for them. Yes. It's an element you, you, you should consider yeah, whether you are building it into your product right away or you make use of it at some point later. It's definitely something you cannot, you cannot neglect. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I remember the very first conversation that we had uh, related to your company, uh, where you said that one of the main aim of your company was enabling people in managing companies' finances in an easier manner compared to the traditional tasks. Like you said earlier, uh, reducing the repeated tasks and reducing the hard work, the excessive hard work, I'd say. And uh, you seemed very passionate about UX, UI, uh, principle of user-centered uh, designs like you spoke earlier about. So 
my question is that when I saw the website for the first time, it seemed that there were different forms of services that were being uh, sold, such as dynamic reports, automated expense reports, proactive management, these services that were sold by a company. But my question is, how do you plan on targeting customers who are, let's say, less literate about it? Like, in, if, you look, if you see it in a, in a world, there are some people who are still afraid of using technology in the financial industry. Like they would still prefer using a piece of a paper to calculate their expenses, even coming from an Indian perspective. So how do you see that how you can target these people in evolving themselves and also being a part of Wolf, I would say? Yeah, um, this is, I mean, you, you said it right. I, I really place a lot of importance on user experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm an accountant by, by training. I'm a real finance person, but I was always bothered by the poor UI of most of the uh, accounting software or accounting related software. And uh, even when you have areas that you have to roll out to, to the business, I often feel ashamed that I have to ask people to log into a software to um, do certain tasks. For me, it's okay because I work with that every day, but some other people, when they complain about that, that's so difficult to use, that's absolutely not user-friendly, I can actually understand it. Mm -hmm. um, and from the finance uh, department uh, side as well, a lot of the tools, unfortunately, are not built with the user in mind. So if you compare B2C products with B2B products, uh, there's a huge gap in usability yeah? because even though this has been changing over the last years, I feel that in many areas of finance, still the case that a lot of software providers believe that people have to use it anyway, so we don't have to focus so much on, uh, on uh, a good UX for the user. So, uh, and that's really what I'm trying to change here with our product. Uh, it's really built to look as clean as simple as possible even though in the end you have a lot of powerful tools uh, so you might not see it at first sight but you have all the uh, functionality that you also need in more complex accounting setting as uh, uh, different countries different branches multi-fx uh, different types of uh, taxes that can be calculated and uh, and then moved over to your accounting system all these things they do not have to look intimidating, they can look nice as well, not just to the non-accounting users, but even to, to the accountants, yeah? There's no harm in making things nice. Right, absolutely, that, make, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, for, from a personal experience as well, even I'm pretty intimidated with a lot of numbers. When it comes to Excel, I can still not use it. <laughs> I think uh, your company would be a way for me as well to learn about these things. And, um, while talking about learning, uh, since this entire episode was based on changing one's mindset and especially towards finance, I would like to ask you, I'd say three key recommendations that you'd like to give out to the listeners on how they can move away from the, from the generic paperworking tasks in accounting and start, I'd say, understanding the importance of these uh, these tools that are being operated online. How do you think are the three recommendations that you'd like to give on how one can evolve themselves when it comes to finances and budget planning? Um, so if you're in, in a finance department, I think what you have to start doing is 
break the silos. Uh, be a bridge builder. Yeah? Build a bridge between finance and all the other departments. Particular finance is one department that is very often quite separated from the rest of the business. Exactly. So you have your operations, you have your marketing, and then you have the finance, finance. department, which in many companies also for reasons of com compliance and data security is not in an open space office, but a little bit sectioned off and maybe not in the very front of the office, but rather, rather in the back, you see that regularly, that doesn't really help. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, I have to admit that us as accountants, we are usually not the most outgoing people. Yeah. So that is not the people that you see running around in the office and chatting up everyone also because we're quite busy because you have to yeah, dig correct. into the numbers. So you have to do detailed work. So you need to concentrate. So at times you just simply need your, your, your quiet space where you can get your work done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because of that, you're actually the best person to start breaking that, that silo. Yeah. And start building bridges, start building bridges with uh, other people in the business. And in my opinion, everyone can build a bridge. So there's no excuse. If you're in a managing position or a leadership position on, in your finance department, yeah then you have to sell the finance department to the rest of the company. Tell them the value that you can, you can add. You have to tell your people to think customer oriented. Yeah. So you're not an accounting troll, uh, but you're actually someone who can add value to the business. And you have tons of information that is flowing through your fingers every day. Most people in, the, uh, in a company would not have that much of an overview of your business as, as you have. Um, so that, that is if you're in a managerial position. If, even if you're not, there's no excuse for that. So what I often tell people is, it's very simple. You start, you pick one task in addition for yourself every month, find some area that where you believe you have more information than many others. Be look at accounts receivables, look at aging of receivables, look at how different cohorts of customers uh, look different in your in your receivables accounts. You can look at accounts payables. You can have a view on the effectiveness of marketing spend because you analyze how marketing has been spent, how it has been uh, uh, changed over time, how uh, and how that has affected uh, uh, revenues. Yeah, you can look at um, potential quick savings that you see in and all the other operating expenses, maybe. You just look at subscriptions and see what is still needed or not. You can look at gross margin right. uh, developments. You can do benchmarking on the gross margins. And you can take one of these topics, one, I suggest one every month, do your analysis based on the numbers that you have, and then find the people in the business to discuss. Book a meeting with them half an hour and say, here, this is what I have seen. I'd like to see what you think about it, but be humble. You don't know everything, right? You see the numbers, you may not see many other things that are going on in the business. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't go there and teach people that this is what you have to do. That's not the idea. The idea is present the information that you have, do your analysis and see what people think about it. Um, get the information from them in. You should at least half of the conversation should be for you to better understand the business. You can make more sense of the numbers and the people in the business might start thinking, okay, maybe I can walk over to the accounting department a, a bit more often and chat with them because they actually have uh, quite useful information. 
Right. So this uh, acting as a bridge builder is, I think, very important for, for finance people. And that will get you more and more into contact with the business and make you more and more relevant as well. Right. So the way you see it and how uh, a person can change their mindset towards it is by being a bridge in any cooperation, by being different, and most importantly, by being humble, if I'm not wrong. Yes, that's perfectly right. All right. Uh, so thank you so much, Michael, for coming down to the podcast. I really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I wish you all the best for your company, Volve, and uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Excellent questions. Thank you very much, Arunji. Uh, it was a pleasure. For more stories like this, please subscribe to my channel. And I'd like to thank the listeners for tuning in and giving your time to this podcast. Once again, my name is Arunji Bansal. And I'll see you again on this Bonspot Show.